Today on Bell and the Birdmen, a special episode as Joe Santaliquido joins us to talk about his Carson Wentz article from 2019 and where things have moved since. It's all coming up from the Last Out Media Studios, but first, Taylor, hit the music! The one and the only, Joe Santa. See, I, uh, man, oh, man, I'm screwed up your last name so bad. I like this. Let me just say it for you. Joe Santa Laquito. There we go. I have that correct right there. Thank you. See, yeah. I, there you go. Every John. time, man. Joe Santa Cluido is here no, for us. No. See, I'm doing the see, C part of it. Bother. I'm doing it's, the C part of it. All right. Santa Laquito and resume. <laughs> so, yes. Joe, yeah. it's, it's, um, I yeah. just remember. That whole saga of like, have you seen this Philly Voice article? It's right post after the 18 season. We're all kind of wondering like, what's going on with Carson Wentz? There's still like mm-hmm. a little mm-hmm. bit of Carson Wentz defending going on. What was your memory mm-hmm. of like, okay, I've got this amazing story that I'm going to release. You're done typing it. What was your reaction before that you like you handed that in, and then then obviously the aftermath ever afterwards? What was what was kind of like the the build up to to putting that article together, and then kind of the reaction to it afterwards? How were you feeling? I I felt good. I felt good throughout the process. Um, I mean, this all happened uh, by happenstance. Um, if you remember that loss they had to the Cowboys that season 2018 on Sunday night and I was literally walking um, actually pretty pretty prominent athletic figure right now in the Philadelphia area walking he and his father out of the Lincoln financial field and walking them to the parking lot and as I was walking back I came across um, a whole entire position group and the whole thing ignited with a very simple Phrase. I mean, we're not allowed to curse, right? So I'm not going to curse. Oh, no, you can totally curse. Uh, yeah, actually, yeah. cursing is totally okay on the show. <laughs> it's encouraged. Uh, well, I'm, I'm gonna, I, well, I'll, I'll keep it clean. Uh, <laughs> okay. I just remember making the comment that, um, Jesus, God, guys, I mean, is, is Micro really blanking this stuff up? Is Micro really messing this up? And I remember them all turning to me in unison like a Marine Corps rifle drill team saying, that, no, Joe, it's not. It's not grow. It's not grow. It's Wentz. And I said, I said, what? They said, no, 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 Joe. It's Wentz. He's changing the plays. He's pushing back on the stuff we like to do. He's pushing back. I think it was the RPOs that the guys like to do. And that they felt the team was more effective running the RPOs. Uh, and that was the beginning. And then I remember going back into the locker room, I think a couple of days after that loss. Again, if you guys remember thinking that the season was pretty much shot, I don't think Wentz had played well. He did not play well against the Cowboys. And that's when the rumblings started to begin. Uh, and I don't believe Wentz played another game that season. And, and, and here's the other thing. There's a lot of stuff. I mean, if you remember that story, and believe me, I remember that story very well, that story was watered down to some degree because there was a lot of other things that were cooking there. Uh, I didn't know firmly, but I feel strongly now that once was benched. If you remember, guys, he was never put on the IR. Mm-hmm. Remember? He I was never put on the IR. He was, he was benched in what I feel, what I feel, 
is uh, Doug Peterson at the time was very open to having guys approach him. I know, believe me, I know, there was a strong contingent of guys on that offensive side of the ball that were kind of happy the way Bowles was running that offense as opposed to the way, the way Wentz ran it. And I feel, again, opinion, just strictly opinion, not based on any fact, or based on some fact, <laughs> that he was benched, that the guys went that the guys that the guys went to Peterson and said, Hey, listen, we're right here. We're we're hanging on. If you remember that, that you know, after the Dallas game, we're hanging on by our fingertips. And we're about to blow this guy. You know, we want to make another run with the defending Super Bowl champions. And I think I I feel that Doug Peterson heard them out because again, some of the pieces now, what we know, we know far more now than even I did when I was researching all this stuff, that they kind of fit. That again, remember once was pulled, Bowles led them to the you know those final three games that they won, leading them to the playoffs, and then getting them uh, the double joint game in Chicago, yep. and then the infamous uh, Alshon deflection against the Saints where they lost it, and then I believe that game again was played on January 13th of 2019. Now, Wentz comes out the next day, Monday the 14th, addresses the media for the first time. Now, I'm, by this time, I'm sitting on dynamite. I'm <laughs> sitting on a pile of stuff. But, but my issue was this. And it was a big issue. I basically have easily 10, 11 guys pitching about the quarterback. Easily. Up until a week prior to that. I mean, I had notes. I had a story formed. But I distinctly remember Evan Macy coming up to me. We were literally standing Easily feet, a few feet behind Wentz. And Evan comes up to me and says, where does the story stand? I said, it doesn't stand anywhere because I have no outside corroboration. And what happened literally that night, the night of Monday, January 14th, 2019, I get a call from a very, very substantial source that was only supposed to be 15, 20 minutes long. The conversation lasted two and a half hours. Wow. And that opened that opened other major major avenues within the Novacare complex, within the Novacare complex, and around the Novacare complex, which substantiated further many ninety nine point nine percent of the stuff I wrote. Some stuff was pushed back, and what would happen? What I did, most of my reporting was done by phone. Most of my reporting was done. There was two occasions where we did things in person. One, ironically was, I'll say, a call in a public setting, and it was the only time I was with the group. And the other twist of it is that one of the major media sources, to, to a point you could say is still a major media source, saw me with these guys, saw me in person with these guys. And he was one of the guys that, uh, how to the moon, that I, uh, I don't know what he called it, voodoo journalism, whatever, but he literally saw me with these guys. But he he's so full of himself, he didn't even notice me. And I'm I suppose I'm pocket lit in his world, but <laughs> he saw me guys, literally. And, and I remember him, this same individual saying on the air, you know, what's Joe San Lefuido out there having beers with the guys? Well, yeah, you dumbass. You saw me with these guys <laughs> a month ago. <laughs> so, so, um, so you have that cooking. So finally that night, Monday night, I get huge substantiation. I start banging away. And I write it, and, and I, this story doesn't happen without Matt Ball. It does not happen without Matt. And, uh, and Matt, by the way, congratulations to him. Matt. He's now the editor, uh, or yeah. one of the sports editors over at Philly Voice. And I remember him coming out yeah. and vehemently defending you throughout this process, yeah. too. So, absolutely. Yeah. 
No, oh, Max, uh, actually, Max is the Inquirer now. Oh, Inquirer. I'm sorry. That's right. That's yeah. where he went to. My bad. Yes. Yeah, Max is yeah, got the new gig at the Inquirer, and he's just, he's fantastic. I mean, the Inquirer's gotten someone very good. And uh, without his faith in me, without his trust in me, now, I played him a lot of those tapes. Uh, Evan Macy uh, also was a major role in this. I played Evan a lot of tapes. But if they didn't trust in me and believe in me, that story would have never seen the light of day. But something else happened here, too. I sent that story. The story was literally was literally in the Novacare complex before it was ever posted. It was sent to two people within that complex on their on their personal emails, but it was sent to two people within that complex. And the real coup de gras, the real what really substantiated everything, which I won't forget again anytime soon, was that Friday. Now it's in the process. I mean, it literally went, not that we're accusing Carson Wentz of anything illegal or anything like that, but it was in the process of not only being seen by my personal attorney, but by the attorneys of Philly Voice who wanted to make sure all eyes were dotted, all T's were crossed. Um, um, and uh, I get a call on a block line from an individual. I won't describe the voice or anything like that because I don't want to give up anybody. But the, 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 the blank is true. Leave my lane, the blank out of it. You could certainly fill in those blanks. Um, but yeah, that was reported back to me. And, uh, uh, that's the way, uh, yeah, that's the way, that's the way it came out. It was, uh, again, like I said, repeated back to me that way. And, and I, I'll never forget calling Matt Mullen and saying, um, Hey, listen guys, um, we have something here. We have gold. So, so Joe, let me ask you this then, because obviously, I mean, you're doing all this yeah. legwork. You get these sources that are that are coming out and mm-hmm. seeking you out and just pouring their hearts out, basically, when you're mm-hmm. getting these big conversations. Yeah, and, and this, this, that's an interesting. That's I apologize for interrupting you. That's a very, very interesting point because you remember some of the criticism I took. Oh, I only saw guys that were going to speak out to Wentz. I only saw this. I didn't see anything. Else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those first two weeks. Remember, I was being pulled, and again. I have no reason to turn around and, and lie to anything like that. If none of this stuff is brought up to me. None of the stuff would have eventually been, been asked about. Yeah. And, and, and that's exactly what happened. I think about this. I wouldn't have known anything if something wasn't brought up to me. I would not have turned around. And then what was happening here, call it, call it a coup. Maybe call it a palace coup because I had, okay, I had a, a particular core group that I was dealing with. And what I found interesting to this was, you might want to check out something. So-and-so would tell me, A, a would tell me, hey, listen, man, I think, I think you might want to talk to B. And, and B may have some interesting stuff for you. And then B would turn around and tell me, listen, man, I think you might want to check out C. Mm-hmm. And C may have some interesting stuff for you. And, and to keep things separated, uh, you don't bring anything in that locker room, which I didn't. Uh, I think what the Eagles was some, well, Sometimes I'm hanging out in front of the locker room and like, you know, what are you, what are you doing here? And I would, I would sometimes walk out with a guy and we would talk in the parking lot. I wouldn't talk to anybody in person because what happens if you do stuff like that? You're giving up guys. Right. So you got to be smart. And I don't mean to be Johnny paranoia, but I had the antennas up high. I wanted to watch who I spoke to, when I spoke to them, and the setting that I spoke to them. And I wanted to protect these guys as much as possible. Because the other thing I didn't realize until it was told to me. And this was this was the lab. Someone comes out and just says, you know, uh, you know, your guy 
your guy Carson has he has I think the, one of the quotes in that he has he has a line to the bat line he has the direct line to the bat line the bat phone I'm sorry he has the direct line to the bat phone bat phone meaning Jeffrey Lord yeah and at the time too I was told he has more power in that organization in that story than Roseman uh, and Peterson so if these guys are willing to talk to me uh, okay yeah I'm uh, you know I'm looking for a great story whatever whatever. And this gets laid into my lap. Okay. But I'm also not looking, well, maybe call me a, a journalist with a soul. I'm not looking to ruin anybody's life. I'm not looking to ruin anyone's career. And that was at stake here. And that's why I was so guarded as I was in reference to who I spoke to. And to this day, I'm going to be honest with you guys here. This happened to me, this happened last March, March of 2021. I was offered by a major, major publisher. I'll call it a huge, huge sum of money to do a book on what had happened, not only just to me, but the story mm-hmm. of all the clandestine stuff that was going on. Uh, I deal with some some heavy hitters on the boxing side. Uh, I'm not entitled to media when it comes to maybe Eagles or the NFL, but I am, and I, I don't, please don't kick this the wrong way as if I'm beating my chest and yelling from the mountaintops here. I am, you could say, entitled media when it comes to boxing. So yes. I know a lot of players, and I know some different shakers in that. Mm-hmm. I'm the president of Boxing Organization of America, which I take very, very, very seriously. But I also deal with a lot of important folks. And um, and these guys, as we all know the way the world, guys BS in at one of these gatherings in New York. And and a couple of these guys, actually there were two major, it was it was, uh, it was was Stephen Espinoza, the head of Showtime Sports, talking to my man Max Kellerman for me. Oh, wow, well. yeah. And someone with an earshot of these guys hearing this about this crazy nut from Philly who dug up all this stuff on Carson Wentz. Uh, one thing leads to another, and I got offered. I got offered a nice. I got offered. I'm not going to. I you could say life changing money, but it was a, it was a book deal. And uh, to be honest with you, I, I turned them down. Uh, then they offered me. They offered me a little bit more, which had me thinking and had my eyebrows out. And I was thinking about it, and I turned them down again because, guys, the caveat to the whole thing was this. I would have had to have come clean in their names. Oh, yeah. And and some of these guys are still playing, but also some of them, you know, they want to do other things. They want to do other things in football, and I don't want to jeopardize again anybody's life. Uh, for them to talk to me and to be as honest and open with me as they were, about what happened in that whole situation. But when you put all the pieces together, it's almost like a life story. It's kind of a, <laughs> a strange thing that that, 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 that occurs here. With this. And that was, yeah. And that's what the, that's what a lot of people, uh, that's what some of these folks were interested in and all the little clandestine stuff that went on, all the crazy stuff that went on and the stuff that uh, the Eagles did. I mean, they, uh, they went after me. Uh, they, they went after you hard. I, in fact, in fact, Joe, like yeah. that's where that's what I remember the most actually is because you came in and like I'm hearing your story now, and from the other side of where Eagles fans are, I would even say a majority of Eagles media, they think you're full of shit. You know, like if we're being everybody mm-hmm. just pressed you, and especially when it got out to Twitter, and we're in oh, post Super Bowl mode, we're in a very heavy Foles versus Wentz type of area. And like, I, I was, I'm more curious, like what was, what was, what were you doing during the reaction of all this? Cause I remember you going on Angelo's show 
you know, a couple of days, if not the day of, day after of all this, and and okay, everyone yeah, is trying to it. poke holes in exactly what you're doing. And it, correct mm-hmm. me if I'm wrong. Didn't the Eagles revoke your credentials at one point too? Yeah, they did. They claimed um, I had um, I had saw some flyers, Philadelphia Flyers players that I saw down there, like at Financial Field. And I actually went to a security guard to ask them if they could help these gentlemen uh, because they wanted to meet some of the Eagles players. Yeah. And that's what I got. My, and that's what I got my credential revoked over. Wow. And because they, because you were just going out of out of your a little bit out of your element of what your credentials entailed, essentially, and then just found a loophole and said, see, it? I, I, I don't exactly know. It was never. I don't know because nothing was ever explained to me. <laughs> Interesting. But you, you guys know Vince, John, you guys are smart guys. Yeah. You guys. Know. Well, it's like uh, when you mobsters know. go to jail for tax and- evasion, or you know what I mean. <laughs> like it's it, it feels like that same kind of thing. Like, what's the one thing we can pin this guy for? They get you for that, and then they they take you out of the building. And I guess yeah. like yeah. Joe, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. and, I, I, and I literally, I, yeah, I literally asked. I, yeah, I'm guilty of asking the security guards to help these gentlemen. So, like, yeah. here, here's the fascinating thing, it too, got, Joe. It got, bit, it got a little bit touchy. It got a little bit touchy because I also got accused, which I have put facts out. And this is a funny story, too, that I didn't really realize until recently. Um, I had a very strong support system. Uh, I have a lot of people that I know that are law enforcement. I have a lot of people that I know that are um, that are attorneys. Uh, a couple of them are pretty high-powered attorneys. And uh, what I didn't know, because I'm Captain Dumbass over here sometimes, <laughs> is I got accused, if you remember, I got accused by the Eagles of not asking them prior to you know, prior to the one story to get those side effects. And that was actually um, one of one of the main it. sticking points from the Twitter mob is they used that against you. That I also remember too, is because oh, you never went okay. to the Eagles for but a comment. One, with... I was one of the last ones out of that locker room again on Monday, January fourteenth of twenty nineteen. And at 3.32 as I was walking out, and literally here's the other kicker. I was checking the phone numbers a lot of the guys I spoke to. <laughs> is this number good? Is this number good? And as I'm walking out, I had approached an Eagles PR person who uh, I know, uh, whose name will remain, I'll keep his name out of it for now. And I said, listen, I got, I'm working on something big on once. Well, didn't you see him up there did you talk to him when he was should have talked to when you would have had the chance to talk to him? I said, no, this is a little bit bigger than that. Mm-hmm. And I remember, and I think the Walter Marcus Hayes, um, but Marcus criticized me. Why didn't you talk to him now? Well, it's easy, guys. Very easy. I'm sitting on what I think is a pile of gold. Why am I giving up that gold? Why would I turn around and give up something I've been busting my ass on, something I've been working on, something, by the way, by the way, something I also think other people are working on. Why would mm-hmm. I give up what I have? And start asking him those questions. And think about this, guys. You guys know media. You guys are smart dudes. I'm asking him those questions. You don't think that's going to raise antennas? For every, there, there, there must have been about 65, 60, 65 people. You don't think my questioning would have raised would have raised antennas and given up my stuff? No way was I going to give that up. No way in hell was I going to give that up. But going way, way back. So I'm walking out. It's 3.32. 3.32. Monday afternoon. January 14th, 2019. And uh, as I'm walking out again, I asked the PR person, I, and then this, this individual says to me, no, 
So about something big, you know, and this individual says, no, you didn't, you had a chance, you know, you, you had your chance to ask him that. And I said, well, this is something a little bit deeper. No, Joe, we, we, we can't do it. You have a nice summer. So as I'm walking out to my car that day, again, Monday, January 14, 2019, and you hear some ruffling and you hear me, well, I'm not a very good singer, but you hear me singing, then you hear me curse because I had my tip recorder on all that time. And I didn't even know it. And I turned my tape recorder off. So uh, this past spring, uh, an individual, part of my support team, calls me up and says, you got accused by the Eagles of not, of, of, of not asking them prior to the one story about access to one. I said, yeah. I said, I remember that. I said, you know, I, if I had one, one, one mistake, I think that might have been it. He goes, Joe, you actually did ask him. I said, what? He says, yeah, there's a tape recording here because I was getting a lot of things transcribed. Here, here's the time, here's the date. This is the, this is the transcript. This is what you asked him. And he actually played the tape recording back to me. So technically speaking, I did ask him. I actually asked him a week prior to wow. this when that story was posted. So again, again, um, knowing what I know now, uh, how things have, you know, uh, how things have evolved, uh, I've gotten a lot of apologies from a lot of different people still yet to get an apology from other people that, that, that condemned me and said, it's voodoo journalism. I made it all up because here's the other kicker guys is, um, they knew. They oh knew. yeah. They knew. There's a lot of people that knew what was going on. And again, kudos. I've got to give major credit to Marcus Hayes because Marcus told me the story and I believe Marcus because Marcus had heard a number of the same kind of rumblings that I had heard. And the Eagles were coming off the Super Bowl victory. And I think it was either, it was maybe called mid-July, early July, just prior to the training camp for the defending Super Bowl champions. And what all major media outlets do, they'll have a big conference meeting, they'll break things down, how we're going to handle our, our big season breakout preview, how we're going to do this, what we're going to do here. And Marcus brought up to the guys, and Marcus told me the story personally. Marcus says, Guys, I'm hearing some rumblings that Carson Wentz may not be the ideal employee people think he is. Mm. And he got shot down. He got boo-hooed. He got, he got booed off the stage. And Marcus is like, and they're going to come, they're going to come to some, some, you know, they're going to find this stuff out. And I happen to be the idiot that found, it, found, it, found out a lot of the stuff. <laughs> well, and it's just a, to me, that's amazing through throughout like this this whole process, and even telling us now that yeah, like mm-hmm. you know, the Eagles had clear amount of time. It's on tape. It's on all this stuff. And now, like you know, we we move the ball forward a little bit later. Howie Roseman ends up trading Carson Wentz to Indianapolis, and that's maybe you can help us define. Well, here you go, guys. Here you go. I apologize for but something else again about part of that. Yes. Is, is the Eagles knew too. This goes again, this goes way back. Guys, do you remember when he was first drafted and Big Dom, remember Big Dom takes him off the, the either of his, uh, 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 takes him out of the limo or the team bus yep. and he's walking by and basically was really cool, very cold-hearted to all these Eagles fans waiting and everything and Wentz just walked by these people as if they didn't exist. And remember, this is his first day, I think, in Philly and, and you had a bunch of a bunch of lemmings that turned around and because they, they, they can't criticize the Eagles because the Eagles have won every game that's ever been played <laughs> and they're a 12 time Super Bowl champion. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, they, you know, they, they made excuses for Wentz. But guys, do you remember that? Do you remember that? Because that was just. That's why I'm laughing a little bit because like all the all the little things that you kind of remember from Wentz's arrival to like when you wrote the story, especially because I mean mm-hmm. the Eagles didn't have a the Eagles fan base didn't have a shot because going into that draft and now I kind of think this was planted you know in our psyches was hey we booed Donovan McNabb please don't boo Wentz. Like, you might not like the pick. They double jumped. They did all this mm-hmm. other stuff, but could we not boo them? And because of that, like, you don't pay attention to those things because Carson Wentz is a golden god well, who's the second overall pick, yeah. and now he's the franchise center, and you don't you don't look at those things. You look and at the, the model with the building. By the way, guys, the golden god, the golden god, the golden god selected by not just Harry Roseman, but the golden god selected by Jeffrey Lurie. Mm-hmm. Remember that. That's a huge key to this. That's a big key to this. And probably for the next the few years, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, yeah. but it, it's yeah. it's so crazy to go through all this, Joe, because as you mentioned all these different points and we go through this whole road, and I remember the shock as well. Like, I was working at mm-hmm. WIP when that all went down, and we were we were all asking each other all the time, like, what do you think of this? Do you believe this? Do you think that's yeah. true? Whatever. Like, we questioned everything because it was basically like, I mean, it was almost mm-hmm. like uh, when Lance Armstrong got revealed. Like, that's yeah. the way Philly, yeah. I mean, it was Wensylvania. The team does win the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and, and for everything to fall apart this way, and that to be, I mean, a really devastating article, it was just mm-hmm. one of those things where uh, I was the biggest Wentz defender you could find and that was the first time that Dallas game that you mentioned was the first time I thought maybe he should get benched yep. and then that story was the part of like oh this is a lot uglier than I think it's going to be and so like I mean for you you obviously knew this was going to be so ugly I mean you're going through all these different checks and everything did you really think that you could end up losing your credential that the city would like the whole city went out to villainize you and like I honestly Honestly, did you feel safe when all of this came out? Like, I just, well, that, I can't that, imagine. I didn't expect the tsunami that was going to hit me. And regrettably, what happens now, my phone blows up for two reasons. Either something happens in boxing, actually three reasons. Something happens in boxing or high school, college basketball, or something happens with Wentz. Mm-hmm. And when there's any involvement with Wentz, you got guys that come out of the woodwork. I, I know you guys, I like you guys, I trust you guys. So that's why we're talking. But we appreciate I was getting 18 to 20 requests. People still wanted to talk to my sorry ass. And I'm like, wait a second. Been there, done that, not doing it again. Even though this was far more, um, I don't know if you want to call it sympathetic, but far more leaning in my direction than leading in, in, in what the other direction was. And I think, you know, I know that bothered uh, a number of people in the media. I mean, I've had a number of local guys come up to me, hey, listen, man, I'm sorry if I told you, sorry I put you through this, sorry I put you through that. And then there was another uh, another couple of folks, um, I'll be blunt with you, I mean, I, I, I went to Howard Eskin. I went to South Town Tony. They were very critical. And here, they could not have run away fast enough for me. Yeah. You know, they were sent texts, you know, we want to discuss things. Let's talk it out, man. You know, same thing with Sal. And it disappoints me because I used to think the world of them. Uh, I still don't hold anything personal against them because, personally, I still think they're a hell of a guy. You know, both of them are, are really good dudes. But in terms of my respect for them, in terms of the profession, it's not there anymore. It simply just isn't there anymore. I And I learned a lot of lessons. I mean, I, I didn't think it would come at me in the tsunami uh, as a tsunami is the way it did, and I wasn't prepared for that. I didn't deal with it very well, which I'll admit. 
but what threw me over the edge that day, that very day, that morning. <laughs> yeah, called, you, called Philly you just reached out to them at like eight fifteen. So it was going was, live sorry. at nine. Yeah, uh, yeah, and then and then and then I get this. Um, I start getting this. You know, I, I know your address. I'm going to kill you. Uh, you're not going to live very long. Stuff like that. Holy hell! And I'm old fool. I'm old fool, man. You want to come at me, bro? Let's let's go. You know, uh, I I'm not I'm not as quick and as fast as I used to be. Uh, but if you've got something to say, say to me, say to me. And that's of the school I'm from. Um, uh, I didn't take it into account. Again, I'm from a, a family, a deep family of law enforcement. Uh, when they found out, <laughs> afterwards, I got a whole raft of grief because they were like, you know, Joe, in this day and age, you've got to take that stuff seriously. Um, I got uh, poop in my mailbox and smashed. Uh, uh, I had, and, and this is when this is when it started to take. This is when I started to take it seriously. When God bless him, my neighbor, because I allow him to park in front of my home on weekends. I had gone up to New York to cover a fight, and I allow him to park in front of my house uh, that morning, that Saturday morning. And I'm thinking to myself, God forbid something happened. Was that Saturday morning? This is the Saturday morning uh, after the story. The story, the story's posted on the 21st of January. I think this is the 26th. Of January 2019, I get a knock on my door at like 9:30 in the morning, Saturday morning, and there's five cops there. So my step, I'm like, Jesus God, I thought like one of my cousins or, or my brother, God forbid, some some after them. They're all cops. And then they told me, they said, you know, listen, your neighbor got a brick through his windshield because we think it wasn't aimed at him. We think it was aimed at you. When this stuff started happening, did uh, you go back to the Eagles at all and be like, hey, what the hell? <laughs> or I know it's not their I, fault, but yeah, like, it's not, I, I, but but I mean, like, is it, are you going like, what 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 is what did what what's going through your mind as this is all showing up at your doorstep? Well, I I, I got a scolding from local law enforcement, who I'm very very close to. I mean, I've known these guys, two of which I at one time covered in high school, so I have a, a close relationship with a number of these guys. I got an earful from them, justifiably stuff. Oh, you should have said something to us. And again, like I said, I'm old school. So I'm thinking, oh, I don't have to say anything. If someone's going to confront me, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to deal with it, but I'm going to deal with it. I kind of, by the way, I found that interesting. No one ever confronted me. No one ever physically came up and confronted me about mm-hmm. anything. You know, there was a lot of yap, 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 but no one ever did. And not that I'm looking for a fight. I'm the last guy in the world that was going to look for a fight. I deal with fights, I cover fights, that's fine. Let those guys do their fighting. I'll cover them. Um, but um, I, I, I didn't, um, like I said, another thing I learned from the whole process is that when someone, Captain Dumbass, when someone threatens your life, whether it be through Twitter or text messaging, you better let the authorities know. And, and that's what happened. The authorities were notified. I had showed them, uh, I showed them the, uh, the messages that I was, that I was, that I was sent to me. And, and they dealt with, there was, I think it was five guys that they caught. And it was probably the most expensive tweets, the most expensive direct messages they've ever put out in their lives. And I was never bothered by them again. I had uh, our man Joe Conklin, which was really cool. Joe gave me a speech to his comic show that Wednesday, a few days after the Wednesday story had been posted. And uh, I get back home from Joe's uh, concert, um, a comedy show. And that's when I, I open the front door to check my mail, because uh, sometimes I'm, I'm gone for long periods of time. And I'm like, oh my god, it was awful. And uh, I, I noticed it was it was filled with dog poop. 
Um, so I go over and I'm, I'm in a race. I mean, I could have ran to the local CVS and right now my chubby state, I can't, I'm lucky if I can move two feet, but I was in such a rage then. I could have ran to the CVS. I get my car, I go over to the CVS. I must have bought, I think maybe 25 bottles of Glade. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sitting here with two bags of Glade. And, it, it, and the Glade's literally sitting in my passenger side seat. And I looked down at the Glade, and I just started to laugh. And and that's when, you know what, it just, it's just really not that big of a deal. I'm okay. I need a new mailbox. I need a new mailbox anyway. Let, let me ask you this, Joe. With the way things have turned around so much, if the Eagles were ever to mm-hmm. offer you a credential to cover the team again, would you do it? Yeah, I would. I mean, I think, I think there were things like this past season – um, some some there were some bridges there. I did a piece uh, for them. Actually, that was a pretty cool piece. I was happy I did it on these two veterans that were being honored by the Eagles. And you know, the Eagles put out stuff all the time, mm-hmm. and they wanted to pick up that little small stuff here and there. But this was something there um, that um, uh, it was pretty cool too. And and I, and there's some people there that I think the world of. I think the world of, of Anthony uh, Bon Giovanni, who's one of the PR people. Uh, I, this is scary. I covered Bob Lyon when I was out of college. <laughs> when Bob was playing, he's the, now the head of the Eagles PR department, yeah. media relations. But Bob was at St. Joe's Prep, and I hear good things about him. So I'd be willing to talk to them one day. I, I don't like how things came down, um, and they could have dealt with things far better than they did. I mean, they they literally they literally tried to tried to trash me in many 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 ways in many many different circles. I mean, uh, I had people, they were calling up different people that were just like hanging up on us. Like, you know, that, that if you could try to talk with all you want. I mean, I, you guys, you know me well enough. I've had relationships with a lot of people that I, I currently work for for 10, 12, 14, 15 years. Mm-hmm. I've been associated with Wing Magazine for it's scary 25 years. So they, they were, you know, uh, there was only one outlet that really reacted to the Eagles move. And and that was fine. Uh, you know, I, I don't think it's been very highly the outlet anyway. And I don't think there are, there are any players in the Philadelphia right now uh, as it is. So, um, but the, like I said, everything worked out well, and uh, uh, I'm, I'm happy I did what I did. I mean, I think uh, everybody knows. Uh, I think uh, Eagles fans certainly know. Uh, and there's still, believe it or not, guys. I mean, there's still people that push back. Oh, well, and that's I and I to have the cojones and the balls to do all that stuff is probably one of the reasons why we both respect the hell out of you, and especially for you know, Thank you. you know, Appreciate seeing that. yeah, and and we said that on the podcast too because I remember one of the reasons why we brought you on is because I remember all those moments you know throughout you know eighteen, nineteen, twenty, and now you see stuff like mm-hmm. Tom Pelissaro. Is saying almost word for word what your what you told everybody years ago, right? And it, now it's in Indianapolis and then that thing. And I guess my my one last question for you is, and it's confuse our community a lot of the time of what leadership actually means. So when a player says mm-hmm. we don't respect Carson's leadership, what do they actually mean? That he doesn't, he has no accountability. He only cares about himself. And how much of that actually? matters you know like Aaron Rodgers looks to us like an asshole you know like Aaron Rodgers looks like a guy who would walk around like Carson Wentz but he throws 50 touchdowns 
Russell Wilson, to some point, yeah. didn't get along with the Legion of Boom, but he's scrambling and, and making Super Bowl championships happen, and you just kind of deal with that stuff. So what's the difference between mm-hmm. a guy that's just arrogant and knows what he's doing and, like, the leadership of Carson Wentz? What would you say is the defining thing with leadership in Carson Wentz? That's the reason, that's the reason if you guys remember the original story that I wrote, not at the bottom of that, uh, it was towards the bottom, it was towards the uh, one of the last paragraphs. Again, I spoke to 12, 13 guys. And even the guys that didn't like him, wanted to see him succeed. They wanted to see him change. They wanted to see him do well. Um, the people that I spoke to that validated the story, they too wanted to see him do well. Um, he's a guarded guy. I'm not saying he's a bad guy. I'm not saying I'm not saying he's a good guy either. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he. I will say this: he's not that, the double incarnate. And I also will say this: he's not a jackass like Aaron Rodgers. Um, but he is guarded, and I think some of that guard happens to be you know that 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 really rubs some people the wrong way. Um, he is not. You got to be when you're in when you're a leader. You got to be approachable. Here's a quick story for you. Again, remember I said you had the original one story was watered down. Part of that is this. You have one of the veterans of the Eagles comes up to uh, Wentz during the 2018 season. Carson has some ideas I want to throw at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, man. Okay. Uh, same player turns around to Carson. And, uh, same player, you know, Carson comes back to the same player and says, you know, hey, what did you want to run by me again? Player turns around and goes, Carson, that was two weeks ago. Carson says it's that was two weeks ago. Now I don't want to do that anymore. Is that right? That was two, that was two weeks ago. Yeah, this was like you know, a veteran player comes up to Wentz, you know, hey, if some ideas to talk, and Wentz comes up and says, you know, hey, man, you know, what, what do you want to talk about? So that was two weeks ago. Same player, different quarterback. Hey, I'm gonna run some things by you. Within five minutes, Nick Foles was there. Hey, let's talk. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. think that actually, I think that speaks volumes. I think it speaks volumes as to who, who was liked, who was respected, who they felt was a leader, who they felt wasn't a leader. And again, I, I got to say this: Carson Wentz deserves that Super Bowl ring. Carson Wentz helped him get there in 2017. If it wasn't for Carson Wentz, the Eagles would not have won the Super Bowl. They would not have won the Super Bowl because they would not have gotten home field. They would not have started the way they did. They would not have built that system, that team, the way they did without Wentz. Tons of credit to Wentz. After he got hurt, things changed. Everything changed. His eye level on the football field changed. His confidence within himself changed. That changed him. But obviously it was the truth. Right. And, like, yeah. and that's the biggest thing with all of this, Joe, is like you were right. And, and for all the stuff that you went through and, and yeah. to see all the different threats and the legal stuff and losing the credentials and just everything that goes into it, it's so insane now to to look back and yeah. think about how villainized you were. There wasn't anything that wasn't there wasn't anything illegal untoward going on here. I just, I, oh, in terms of illegal stuff, in terms of people coming at me and harassing me, yeah, that was legal. Yeah, you were right there. That was, that was, that was legal. In terms of the Eagles coming after me and trying to besmirch me, well, well, I'll, I'll stop there. I'm not, <laughs> you um, I can't say this enough. I, I benefited greatly from it because I wound up with a, a really nice bad contract with, I'll just say a major publisher. Uh, I'm in, I'm in, uh, I'm in some magazines that I never even thought I'd be in. Now uh, it's helped. I have a brand new car because of it. <laughs> oh, by the way, guys, you know what my license tag is? What's that? 
THX THX (laughs) eleven. I mean, but it's true. I mean, I'm kidding. I'm I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) Vince, I don't have the balls enough. I I hope we uh, get to have you back on sometime. Not specifically just to talk about Wentz and all that other stuff, but (laughs) (laughs) but we appreciate it, man. And thank you once again for uh, giving you. Uh, I mean, a, a really a nice chunk of time here to kind of really dive into the story and um, perfect to talk about it in the offseason, my friend. We really appreciate it. That'll do it for Bell and the Birdman. 69, by the way. Perfect episode for go. 69. As uh, Thank you to Francisco Ross for uh, curating that properly. Thank you. And, uh, of course, to uh, Taylor Credatis, as always, for making sure we sound good. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Bellandthebirdman.com. Uh, Vince, anything before we go? No, just wow. I mean, just wow. Poop in the mailbox, man. That's shit in the mailbox. I apologize for everything, Joe. I don't apologize for that. It was funny, <laughs> it was funny and it's too late. So yeah, I don't apologize. For- it was me, Joe. I did it, Joe. I put poop in your mailbox. <laughs> that is uh, put poop in your mailbox, Vince Quinn. I'm uh, John. What should we say? What? Uh, Make sure you've got the right uh, house, Barchard. Santo Quiloto. Santa Qu- He's John Santo Quiloto. Santa Cluido. <laughs> no. no, it's always a block in my head. Un- unreal. It's, you want to know why it is that way? It's because just like everybody else at that radio station, somebody uh, you know put Joe Gilio and Joe together to get Joe Santa Gilio, and like I never just learned his last name, which separated. is fucked up. So uh, uh, thanks again to Joe, and uh, thank you to all of you for listening, for watching. That is Bell the Birdman. Okay, bye. Bye.